Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 256 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. I spent a very pleasant day inspecting some of our honeybee colonies this week. Maybe our season is about to begin. It got me thinking about smoker fuel, of all things. Listen in for tips and techniques of how to keep your smoker alight this season. Beekeeping short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hi everyone, beekeeping short and sweet. My podcast seems to predict how my season is going so far right now, at least the short bit. I'm not too sure about the sweet part of the title. Time will tell, but the good news is I've begun inspections, proper inspections, for the first time this year. Unbelievably, we're here the last weekend in April, and I'm only just carrying out my first full inspections of our overwintered colonies. I think it's probably a cause of great frustration for a lot of beekeepers here in the UK, perhaps potentially worldwide. Our seasons seem short enough as it is, even when we start beekeeping in late March. So to lose around four or six weeks of beekeeping time from the beginning of the year feels very frustrating. The forecast for the next couple of weeks does appear to indicate reasonably settled weather, so I'm hopeful we may now continue with regular inspections and get to grips with our developing and hopefully growing colonies in preparation for the summer nectar flow. Notice I say summer nectar flow. Our usual spring crop is likely to be hit really hard this year, if in fact we have any honey at all from the oilseed rape. No doubt there will be a little, but I can't imagine we'll see anything near the crop that we took last year. This because of two reasons really, the lateness of our spring start in terms of colony growth and the fact that we need to make increases in May. By that I mean increases in colony numbers. So colonies being divided and queenless portions receiving a new queen to start a new colony. As I've always said, you need two things for a good honey crop, lots of bees and a good nectar flow. I appreciate that there are other factors, but more than most, if you don't have a box full of bees and nectar dripping from flowers, you're unlikely to get a decent honey crop. In splitting colonies to make my increases, my attempt to get our numbers back up in time for the summer, and dare I say it, to overwinter, in splitting colonies I'm depriving them of the numbers required to forage and build large reserves of honey. Bye bye my spring honey crop then. So back to our first inspections of the 2023 season, and I want to go through this process with you, slowly and thoroughly, particularly for beginners out there. I know it can be quite daunting that first time you put on your bee suit, grab the smoker and hive tools and head down to the bottom of the garden to inspect your honeybees. This week, let's deal with the smoker, possibly the one source of potential trouble for many a beginner beekeeper. It's a simple bit of kit really, yet can be the biggest pain in the backside as sometimes it fails at that very moment you need it the most. Now I understand that there are some beekeepers who advocate the use of gentle puffs of smoke, barely squeezing the bellows at the entrance to introduce smoke into the hive. Personally, 
I think the smoker is an excellent tool that should be used as and when required. Each colony, of course, is different, and so the use of the smoker and the vigour with which it's puffed varies. Once again, beekeeping proving that following a strict protocol for each hive of bees isn't always the best way forward. As a short diversion from my path for you, I'm always up for a little story, <laughs> as you know, and it takes me back to my first outings as a seasonal bee inspector and my very first visits to beekeepers with the then National Bee Inspector, a lovely gent by the name of Andy Wattam. I'm not sure that he listens to my podcasts, but just in case, hi Andy, I hope you're well and enjoying your beekeeping. I also hope he won't mind me retelling this tale. I don't think I'm breaking any official secrets in recounting what happened. Anyway, here goes. We're out on a couple of days' inspections. I think, for me, to get my seasonal bee inspector competence badge to stitch onto my bee suit. If you do have reason to call out the National Bee Unit to inspect your bees, have a look on the left shoulder of the bee inspector's bee suit. You might see a little triangular badge with a crossed smoker and hive tool on it, indicating that this bee inspector has passed his level one bee inspector proficiency test. (laughs) Anyway, we're out making visits to various beekeepers and checking lots of colonies throughout the day. I happened upon a lady beekeeper somewhere in the wild Lincolnshire countryside. After brief introductions, we're led down the garden path, literally and figuratively, As we approach the hives to be told that these are the calmest bees this beekeeper has ever had and she never uses a smoker and would we be so kind as to not use our smokers on her colonies. A quick glance at each other. I'm obviously the newbie in this scenario looking to take my lead from the top man and the boss turns to the lady and agrees we won't use our smokers but that we should light them anyway as part of our SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. The lady agrees and backs away a little as we begin our inspections. Thank goodness we had the smokers at the ready. Talk about a baptism of fire. Just the lifting of the roof caused a jet of bees to come streaming out of the entrance of the hive and start to ping violently at our veils. Those of you who haven't encountered what I would call attack bees haven't been beekeeping long enough as yet. It's quite an experience. The rest of the inspection seems something of a blur, or rather a cloud of smoke. The lady beekeeper had disappeared. I had multiple stings on my hands and could barely see the hive through the cloud of smoke that we had to use to try to bring the colony back under control. It's a bit like the scenario when you're out walking and somebody walking towards you with a snarling, barking dog suggests to you, it's okay, he never bites anyone. Never believe what they say. Beekeeping and smokers go together like peas and carrots, as Forrest Gump might say. Having completed the inspections and having found no disease, we retreated back to the car and headed away. To this day, I have no idea if this was some kind of initiation ceremony, a test to see if I could handle attack bees, or that both of us had been caught out by a smiling old lady who had probably been watching from behind her curtains, chuckling to herself as we attempted to carry out an inspection on her hives. Anyway, I got my badge to stitch onto my bee suit, which I still wear with pride to this day. Back to smokers. Light them, keep them lit, and use them wisely. It's not the trickiest thing to do, not particularly complicated. 
Yet I see so many beekeepers struggling to light a smoker and then keep it alight, even when inspecting just a couple of hives. I can understand smokers going out if you're inspecting 30 or 40 colonies and forget to refill with fuel, but sometimes it's just a lack of understanding of how a smoker works that's the real issue. So here's my beekeeping smoker basics to make sure that your smoker never goes out ever again, probably. First off, your choice of smoker fuel might impact upon how well your smoker works and burns. There are so many fuels to choose from. We all have our favourites and some will burn and smoke better than others. It's almost an endless list too. Corrugated cardboard, dry rotten wood, meadow hay, wood shavings, wood pellets, hessian sacking, dried lichen, dry herb twigs, egg boxes. I'm sure I've forgotten some and probably some that I've used myself. I've certainly tried all of the ones I've just mentioned. Most smoker fuel can be foraged. Some can be bought. I know a lot of you will wonder who on earth would even consider buying their smoker fuel, but for ease of use and convenience, some beekeepers are happy to pay for someone else to supply them with their smoker fuel. We each do what we want to with our beekeeping, and there are always critics out there to tell you that you're doing it wrong, but for the most part, ignore them and carry on doing what you want. If buying smoker fuel suits you, then carry on regardless. Personally, I always have cardboard boxes laying around at the unit, so if I get caught short on smoker fuel, there's always something at hand. On that subject, if you do use corrugated cardboard, make sure to remove any adhesive tape, plastic tape in particular, before you use it. It's also handy to cut it into strips that can be rolled up to put inside the firebox of the smoker. Simply measure the depth of your smoker box and cut the cardboard to size. One handy tip for you, and this goes to the heart of getting your smoker alight and keeping it alight, when you cut the corrugated board, cut across the corrugation, not down it. If you can't picture what I mean, grab a piece of corrugated board and look closely at it. The paper used to make the cardboard is put together in a kind of pleat pattern, creating long tubes that run down the card, and this is what gives it its strength. It also creates tiny tunnels or tubes that the flames and smoke can run up and this helps keep the card alight, smouldering and smoking. If you cut the cardboard along the length of the corrugations, it's not only difficult to roll, but you also make it more difficult for the smoke to travel through the card and out of the smoker. Who'd have thought smokers and corrugated card could be so fascinating, eh? Dry rotten wood is a great smoker fuel. It really needs to be well rotten and totally dry but it will continue to smoulder for hours on end. The key here, and also for most fuels, is to get a good bed of flames and embers beneath the main fuel when you first start. Let's rewind and talk about beekeeper safety for a moment. Never, ever, ever light your smoker with your bee suit veil over your head. Hopefully you can see why. A puff of smoke the release of combustible vapour and a flash of flames out of the smoker box could easily ignite your veil and cause untold injury. Just please don't do it. So how do you get your chosen fuel alight from the start? Well, egg boxes are an excellent choice for this. See what I did there? Tear up a small egg box, light a few pieces and drop them into the smoker box. A couple of gentle puffs on the bellows and then drop in your fuel and a couple of puffs more and away she goes. 
don't pack your fuel in too tightly to start with either. You need the flames and the air to circulate around your fuel to get it going. I'm beginning to sound a little bit like an arsonist, I think, but it's true. You need a small but perfectly formed fire in your smoker box to get started and form a bed of glowing embers at the base so it can continue to burn gently and slowly while you're beekeeping. One of the biggest mistakes I see beginner beekeepers, and not so beginner beekeepers make, is trying to light or relight their smoker from the top. The smoker is opened, fuel inserted, and then the top of the fuel is lit. It all looks fine, the smoke starts to flow, the top is closed, and within a few minutes the smoker goes out. The problem here is you're filling the smoker with fuel, lighting the top, and then blowing air through the smoker from the bottom to the top. It stands to reason that the flames are going to rise, and so the fire is never able to move down into the fuel. If you light the bottom of the fuel stack and then puff the bellows gently, you encourage the flames or burning embers to burn upwards into and through the fuel. It's quite simple, really. Whatever smoker fuel you choose, safety must always be your first thought. Please just be careful. Of course, smokers always go out at the precise moment you need them the most, that point at which the colony starts to play up, the moment you feel your confidence ebb away, and puff as hard as you like, the smoker has gone out and is not going to relight itself. Admission time. It happens to me all the time. The problem is, for the most part, our bees are really quite calm. I handle my bees in a calm and gentle way, and we hardly need to use much smoke for most of our inspections. If you take a look at the last couple of inspection videos and see how I use the smoker, or rather, how I don't use the smoker, you'll understand what I mean. This is where a judicious puff of the smoker every now and then will be all that's required to keep the embers burning until you need that smoke. Pretty much all of the smoker fuels I've talked about today will stay alight if you manage to use the smoker carefully. Personally, I get too engrossed in what I'm doing, especially if I'm also recording a video. Too many things for me to think about, I suspect. That inevitability that the smoker is the last thing on my mind, and it goes out. It's really not a problem. Stop what you're doing, walk away to a safe distance, remove your veil and relight your smoker. But remember to empty the smoker fuel and light from the bottom once more, otherwise it will soon go out again. Now I know I'm going to be asked for my favourite smoker fuel, and I have several to be honest. The lichen at the fishing lakes has a lovely smell to it. Not that I would encourage you to put it in a pipe, you understand. The challenge with lichen is one of longevity. It doesn't last for long, so you're constantly picking up more to use. Dry rotten wood is great, but you do need to go out on a day trip to find a decent supply to last the season. And I like that it lasts well. It smoulders for long periods of time without any attention. If you're really struggling to get fuel, a visit to the local timber merchants should source a bountiful supply of wood shavings. Take a shovel and some strong bags and you'll have a never-ending supply. Locally, it used to be free, but in recent years they've started charging. You can buy compressed bales of wood shavings at pet stores too, if you can't find any locally. Whatever your chosen fuel, take a little time and care when you light your smoker and you'll be safe in the knowledge 
that when those attack bees come pouring out of the hive, you'll be ready for them. And once you've calmed them, you can requeen that colony for a more pleasant experience. Well, that's it today. I'll catch up with you all again in a week's time. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk. And for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Bye.